Hello and welcome to Spectrum, the podcast where we discuss um, autism and being autistic in a neurotypical world. Hi, I'm Jenny. And I'm Ellie. And um... <laughs> and that was my laptop. <laughs> and today we're talking about uh, brain power and hyperfocus. But before we get started, I'm going to plug our Patreon page. We have a Patreon page. Woohoo! Um, so if you like or vaguely appreciate this um please uh, if you if you feel so inclined send us a couple of cents we would be greatly appreciative it will go towards our caffeine supply the website is uh, patreon.com slash spectrum pod and if you look in our show notes it'll be in there as well um and like and subscribe if you want we love reviews at the moment i think it's the on apple anyway it's the two reviews we gave ourselves <laughs> so <laughs> we'd love to hear from other people as well <laughs> give us five star reviews you know <laughs> if you, you want feel to. like we deserve it you know we, we totally do okay totally do. <laughs> so today's topic um we're still on superpowers at the moment and we've decided to do our favorite one which is brain power Yes. It's my favorite one. Yes. Um, and that crazy cool thing that Aspies can do and autistics can do that is hyperfocus. Yeah. So um, what is hyperfocus for you? Hyperfocus for me yeah. is is exactly what the name says. It's um, it's a little bit of obsession. Yeah. And it's a little bit of, of so focused that nothing else is going on around me. Um, you pretty much have to tap my shoulder or wave a hand in front of my face or something to get my attention away from whatever I'm hyper-focusing on. Mm. And um, I can be stuck in that mindset for hours or an entire day. I think when I was little, when I was younger, it used to be uh, reading, you know, the Harry Potter books. I inhaled those, each one of them within a day, you know, they were gone. And, And that was just that. I was so focused on getting through it and enjoying it so much that that was my world um now that i'm older it's it's whatever i'm interested in um and my interests change but it's definitely veterinary medicine yeah if i'm doing notes or whatever i can lose myself for the entire day in those if i try um and i think someone somewhere on the internet put it as like for me hyper focus means that it's all about the thing and that's so accurate the thing just takes over and it becomes everything to you and even if you had other things on your to-do list for the day yeah they don't matter anymore because that thing and <laughs> um, you know whether you had just adult things to do clean your yeah. house clean your room um, organize to meet up with friends or figure out what you were going to eat for the next week whatever <laughs> daily life things you were supposed to do they don't get done because no. today is a day for the thing <laughs> today is every day is a day for the thing yeah 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 that's that's about it for me as well and except i'm i i struggle sometimes with the hyper focus on study notes i will get sidetracked and all of a sudden i will have hyper focused on camels (laughs) and whether or not i can import them to new zealand and how much they're going to cost to ride over in australia and training and all this that and the other thing weird 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 topics I like to make lists, so if you go into my Excel, you'll find pages and pages of lists where I've worked out all the camping gear that I would need for all the camping that I've never done, ever. Yep. Never been camping. Um, and I mean like a $2,000 list of camping gear. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I want to be, I decided, a super light 
camper. Yep. Um, so everything had to be in a super light range. So then I was going into specific brands and reading reviews, and I've got this extensive list yep. for the camping that I have never done. That's <laughs> awesome. But someday. Someday. Can One I day. watch it? One day. Um, I have lists for, I decided I was going to have a modular closet. Oh, so yes. I planned out, I have a mini version of the modular closet I want now. I pretty much got rid of everything and have a set sort of things that I wear that I can just grab. But the actual version that I saw in my head is more extensive than a modular closet probably <laughs> should be. <laughs> so that list is quite long. Yeah. Oh, the dream. <laughs> I think the other thing is, is that hyperfocus takes away your ability to multitask yeah. and and it accepts sort of all that emotional and mental energy you had for the day and you get to the end of your hyper-focus period and it's exhausting. You've just spent it all on something else, you know? Um, I don't know, have, have you heard of the spoon theory? I, I, I showed you the spoon theory. I think you did show me the spoon theory and I um, showed... Either that or Amy did, and I showed mum, and I use the spoon theory for, for my own thing because I regularly have few spoons, and some days I have no spoons. Let's see. Yeah, so the spoon theory, in a nutshell, is this chick with a chronic disease that was trying to explain to her friend the emotional burden it is having an emotion, uh, chronic disease. And mm. in a lot of ways, I mean, we don't have a chronic disease. We have a different way of processing, but it is very draining and hyperfocus is like that. So her explanation was she was sitting at the dining room table trying to explain to her friend all the stuff and she sees all these spoons on the table. And so she says, um, she grabs all the spoons and then she goes around, I guess she's in a restaurant, not at the dining room table, sorry, and grabs all the spoons off of those tables. <laughs> and she's holding this massive handful of spoon and says, gives it to her friend and says, here you go, you have lupus. And her friend looks at her like, what is wrong with you? Um, so she shoves the spoons into her hands and she explains the difference that being sick and healthy is having to make choices or to consciously think about things that the rest of the world doesn't have to. The healthy, the neurotypicals, they have the luxury of a life without choices. They just do things, yeah. you know? And for people who start the day with an unlimited amount of, of possibilities and the energy to do with whatever they desire, they don't have to worry about the effects of every single choice. So, you know, you're holding a big handful of spoons and um, every time you have to make a choice for us, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you go, what am I going to wear today? Put a spoon down, you know, yep. um, what am I going to eat this morning? Put a spoon down. Every time you have a, an interaction with your family in the morning, whether it's your husband next to you in bed or your kids come to wake you up at five in the morning, you can put 10 spoons down because, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and then you, you get halfway through the morning and you have one spoon left yep because you've put all the spoons down and that is the spoon theory. that is the spoon theory and and for hyper focusing you may you may start out and get through the first beginning first bit of your day and you've only put a couple of spoons down but then you get sucked into the hyper focus loop and you've put down all of, all of the spoons yeah <laughs> and you've got like half of a spoon left to get you through like dinner and bedtime um and that can be quite negative but at the same time i think the point of this podcast is to be positive and to recognize how awesome it can be to have that ability to hyper focus on stuff study woo yeah so if you're still studying um like we are in our old age it's <laughs> it's fantastic you'll get through so much work yeah. um and if you're at work or if you're a you know in that stage of your life then it can be really good for that as well if that's the type of work you do if you're doing the kind of 
incredibly social work, uh, waitressing or whatever, then it's going to be, it's going to be harder for you. Um, and I say that from experience because I'm a waitress and I can do waitressing no more than three nights a week for four hours at a time. Yeah. Or I'm very grumpy. Yeah. And I've given away all my spoons. Yeah. Um, for the entire week. For the entire week. Yeah. But the upside to that is that it pays really well and, um, it builds resilience for me. So, yeah. yeah. And it also means that I maintain some social skills that I completely and utterly lose if I don't practice. Which is kind of important. Yeah. But, you know, and, and that's sort of a thing that you have to think about. If you're a hyper-focusing person, if you're an autistic person, maybe a full-time job of waitressing or something social like that isn't for you. There are other careers and other jobs that it's okay. You know, yes. it is okay to be that kind of person that needs a bit a calmer lifestyle yeah and in an environment where you are able to hyper focus on one task for a long period of time um that's what i feel made me such a such a good uh, legal secretary was um i would be given a 30 minute dictation and i would hyper focus and it would be done in I'd like to say most of the time it was done in about 40 minutes, but my most recent um, my most recent boss lady, mm-hmm. uh, she spoke really quickly, so it would usually take me double time at least. Um, but as a general rule, I'd get, I'd get it down to sort of 1.2 or 1.3 times um, the dictation length, and that was because I could hyper-focus. Nothing else went went on in my mind except the words coming in my ear and out my fingers. Um, so, whereas in a waitressing job, you've got a lot of things going on at once, you're not able to hyper-focus on one task. Um, no, and I think the thing about waitressing that people don't understand is it's mm. a flow. And yes. if you waitress, you'll talk about the flow a lot, the flow of the night, mm. how it goes. And what I love about waitressing is as soon as you grasp the pattern, yeah, um, it's actually... Fun. Like, it's really fun because everything should go in a specific order, in a specific way. Um, and if you're doing it correctly, it goes very smoothly. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, it took me years to figure it out, but that little bit of a jump between how that works and, and having the mental checklist of this table needs these things and that table needs those things, but then being like, this is actually how you juggle this many tables at once. And it's not actually like all the balls are up in the air. It's more like you already know the sequence that you put the balls into the air. So you know the sequence that they're going to come down and you just work with it. And it yeah. um, that as- that side of it actually really works with being an SV. But the side of it where I have to be very friendly and outgoing and nice to people, um, that part's hard. Like I don't mind being nice to people, but... I have to mask excessively. Yeah. Um, and not my, the chef in my restaurant especially likes to tease me because depending on how the rest of my day goes, I think I picked up a shift on a Thursday after a very long... We do surgeries on Thursday, so Ooh. we get up at bloody 5 o'clock in the morning Ugh. and we have uni until like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Ugh. And then I was at work at 6, so my masking was a bit... Like, it was a bit delayed. Like, I'd go <laughs> out there um, and I'd put the smile on my face and put on my mask like before I hit the floor and I'd go and I'd come back and then I'd go into the kitchen and usually I drop my mask as soon as I go through the swinging doors into the kitchen um that particular night 
it took me like five minutes. Like I'd get into the kitchen, walk all the way back to the back of the kitchen and start washing dishes or doing something else. And then my mask would fall off. And Ryan kept looking at me and pointing it out. Like, what is, what are you, why are you laughing? And I'm like, I'm not, this is just, (laughs) this is just masking. This is just masking. This is just my happy floor face. Like (laughs) it's not gone yet. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, yeah. I mean, in terms of making life work around being able to hyper-focus, you use it to your advantage, pick yourself a type of job or a career. If you even need to think about making a switch, think about things that will let you use that skill because it is a very unique skill that um is incredibly useful in the right circumstances and if you can't you know if you're stuck in waitressing because it does pay so well in some countries like the states then like you know try to get those things out in other ways it's all about the balance of your life uh, going home and, and giving yourself the opportunity to still hyper-focus if you need to or not hyper-focus and stare at the wall if you need to. Like, you just accept that those are parts of you yeah. and whether or not you manage to find an outlet for it in your daily life, which would be the ideal, mm. um, you're still going to need to make time to be yourself. Yes. And part of that is this cool brain power. Yes. Yeah. So I did a little a complete sidebar. Um, I'm just going to, because I don't know how to segue, I'm just like, let's do this thing now. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I researched okay. this morning. I just want to say yeah. that her brain power for hyper-focus thing that she does when she needs to de-stress is knitting. Yeah. She pulls that shit out and hyper-focuses on it oh, yeah. all over the place. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, now yeah. you can, it's um, also stimming. It, yeah. it, it's stimming and hyper-focus and, um, yes, so... The study things that I did this morning. (laughs) I'm so prepared. I couldn't actually find a huge amount of um, information in uh, literature about um, autism and hyper-focusing. I found a lot about uh, ADHD and hyper-focus. This particular particular article, um, adults with ADHD often reported episodes of long-lasting, high-focused attention attention a surprising report given their tendency to be distracted by irrelevant information um i kind of wonder if there's overlap between symptoms because i that's kind of like me adhd and autism yeah there is there's a lot of things that are similar but not i mean a lot of like adhd people can be incredibly charismatic yeah um and more outgoing and not as exhausted. True. I mean, our core values are, are what they are. Yes. And then we share things like the hyper-focus and the ability to lose things that we were literally holding just then or the glasses on my face. Like, yes. you know, you lose everything. And so do ADHD, people with ADHD. Yes. This was another article. So sustained attention in um, autism spectrum disorder has been frequently ex- observed in situations of hyper-focus. Um, but in other words, they're suggesting that hyperfocus may instead indicate an inability to shift attention, rather than um, rather than an ability to hyperfocus. The activities that are not related to uh, this is in particular child's a child's chosen interest are often interrupted by off-task responses, including repetitive behaviour. Which yeah, I I agree entirely. If it's not interesting to me, I'm not going to want to pay much attention to it because no. it's not interesting to me. So you kind of have to find the thing that's interested to you so that you can pay attention to it and therefore you can hyper-focus on it. Uh, There's no point going into a field that you're not interested in. 
Yeah, but you can get past that. Because even if, for example, I don't find every single thing that we do in vet yeah. fascinating. I mean, the amount of times that we've gone out into a field and watched grass grow. Oh, yeah. I mean, at least once a semester, we go out there and we watch the cows eat grass. And it is so boring. But, yeah, but um, I don't actually pay any attention during that. I just no, but then we have to go home and we have to like work out how much the cows have eaten and stuff. And I still don't care. <laughs> this is very true. But I'm not going to be a cow vet. I can't hyper-focus on it, but I can at least pay, atten- pay vague attention to it and do it. Uh, I mean, if I, I can kind of trick myself into hyper-focusing if I turn it into a story. Okay. You know, if I write things out in paragraph form rather than bullet point notes. Okay. Um. It tricks my brain, and it's not quite as hyper-focused as something that I'm interested in. Yeah. You know, I get different levels, especially, like, for example, reading. Day can go, like, literally 12 hours can go by, Ooh. and I won't even notice, because yeah. I don't have to, like, I just have to follow the words. I'm just reading the words, and I don't even see the words on the page. I see the pictures in my head, because yeah. that's how my brain works. But um, as far as writing goes, if I turn it into a story or paragraphs or whatever, then my brain gets stuck in the flow and I can force myself to focus. And if I find it really interesting, yeah, it's not force. It just flows really naturally. But yeah. you can't trick it That's into happening. very interesting. I'm going to have to try that out because for things that I'm not particularly interested in, I, I yes, I can focus on it, but it's a distracted kind of focus. Or like I told you, or, or you tried this now, um, if if you make notes, if you things that you need to learn and you record them and you listen to them, yes, you have to hyper focus because it's an auditory input and you can't get away from it. So you put on your noise cancelers. Yes, you have your recorded whatever it is that you need to learn or think about. Yeah, and you just listen to it. Yeah. Um, I find that really useful because I also knit at the same time, so it's yeah. taking care of the repetitive motions that I need for the distraction, uh, while allowing me to focus on the um, auditory stuff. Yeah. Um, so I find that really, really, really useful. And as long as I've got a fairly easy knitting pattern and I'm not having to refer back to it, it's <laughs> not a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. What so. else is there? Um, it's hard to multitask. It is. It's really hard to multitask. When I'm focused on one thing, I don't want to stop and change track and if I have to stop and change track it takes me a really long time to pick up oh here's one so the study saying that like just because kids have the ability or adults even because it extends to that again all studies are about kids which is annoying but just because you have this ability to hyper focus doesn't mean that you can't train yourself into better focus the rest of the time like it is a habit and a pattern of behavior you know People who really succeed in life are the ones that practice certain skills. And one of those is, can you sit down and do your work when you need to do your work? You know, And you unfortunately cannot wear any sort of description as an excuse. If if you're high-functioning enough to label yourself high-functioning, and that is what this podcast is for, then that is a skill that maybe we aren't set up at birth with um, to the extent that other people are. But... We can learn to sit down and, as when we're kids, do our homework or sit down and do our reports as adults um, or sit down and learn how to play an instrument or a language or whatever we want to do. It is about that inner strength and finding it. Yes. And it is possible for all of us to do that. That stubbornness, that drive to do. Yeah. To learn. I mean, and if it's something that you really struggle with, find something that you really do enjoy 
and start there. You know, there's no reason to sit down and force yourself to do something you hate. Um, but if you really want to work on that inner strength and ability to see things through, start there. Find something that you love, whether it's you wanted to learn to Spanish and carve out an hour every evening to sit down and learn it. Or maybe you have a passion for music and do the same. Carve out an hour, you know, make it a skill that you learn and you practice. And then that in combination with your ability to hyper-focus is going to set you up to succeed like yeah. amazingly. I have a little um, story. Uh, one of my friends, he actually has ADHD with autism traits. So he's a wee bit different to us, but he's always had difficulty finding what he wants to do. And keeping con consistently doing things um he's had a lot of difficulty with the school system uh, the teachers really let him down which i think is uh, something that a lot of people with uh, autism experience and adhd and uh, he has had to keep trying different things to see what he's actually interested in um, as a career He's uh, a little bit older than me, so I think he's 33 now. And he has only just found what he actually wants to do with his life, and it's uh, locksmithing. He really enjoys making things, fixing things, taking things apart, putting things back together. And uh, he got some locksmithing tools um, and just dabbled around for a bit for three, four months realised he was still interested at the end of three, four months and signed up for an apprenticeship. Um, so if you haven't found what you're interested in, you what you like doing, dabble. Keep dabbling. Keep dabbling until you find something that you're still interested in three months later and then go with that um, because that's probably going to be something that you're going to be able to continue uh, over a long period of time. Like Al said, you kind of need to... In order to... to to work on your ability to sit down, focus and do stuff, you need to start with something you enjoy. You've got to start with that and then work through things you enjoy a little bit less, like housework. Yeah, and it might surprise you. You find, you know, because if you're just trying to force yourself to do stuff that's unpleasant, you never end up doing anything because you're dreading doing anything. Um, and then you end up sitting around all day avoiding doing anything and I know I've been in those depressive funks where everything just seems like it's too much whether it's a day where I'm supposed to do my meal prepping and house cleaning and I have forgotten what I'm like and I scheduled all of my adult everyday life tasks for the same day and like I know I shouldn't do that because I get overwhelmed and then I do nothing <laughs> and then nothing gets done and I have no food and then I eat Burger King <laughs> This is a bad thing? It's BK. It's amazing. And like the thing is, is to avoid that is to just don't do that to yourself. Don't schedule all your shitty adulting on yeah. one day. Spread it out over a week. Break it up. Accept that it sucks to do some things and you don't like it and start small. Do small things. Small Two tasks. minutes at a time. Yeah. I think um, uh, my therapist said... Make yourself a routine, but split that routine up. Have a morning routine and an afternoon routine and a late afternoon, middle morning routine. Like that way, if you don't get up and out of bed until eleven, that's okay because you haven't started your afternoon routine yet, and you have time. You didn't, you know, just because you screwed up the morning doesn't mean that you have to flag the rest of the day. Every little bit is a separate chunk of time. 
that is fucking brilliant and I am going to adopt that because I have a nasty habit of if I get up at like 10 o'clock I just I'm just like well yeah that's the day then fuck it <laughs> yeah fuck it. ICBF. Um, where it's a terrible is it? habit. It is a terrible habit. It's a glorious habit, but a terrible habit. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I do the same. Yeah. It's 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 not ideal, but it is what it is, and you just work on it. And you have you always have your days. You have to have your days where you're like, nah, fuck it, flag it. But then you've got to pull your bootstraps up, pull your adult pants on, and do the next day. Carry on. Yeah. Exactly. Musical. Musical. <laughs> there you go. That's um, hyper-focus. Use it. Utilize it. Work around it. Yep. Make it the superpower that it can be. So that's a, that's a wrap. Um, thank you very much for listening and joining us on our fourth episode. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. Um, please give us five star reviews. We will love you for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you really want to, chuck us a couple of cents on Patreon. We are on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash spectrumpod. You can email us, thespectrumpod at gmail.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook, thespectrumpod. Uh, come check us out, chat to us, email us, uh, email us your stories of hyperfocus or really anything else to do with uh Aspie and being Asperger's. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, if you have something that you'd particularly like us to talk about, um, happy to. Yep. We are going to start adding little fun shorts. We did it last week and we decided we liked it, so keep an eye out for those as well. Um, They'd just be little additional add-ons when we feel like it. Yep. And for now, goodbye! Adios! Ha ha ha!